So Money episode 1106, Ask Farnoosh, all things auto. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. This episode of So Money is sponsored by Auto Navigator from Capital One. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. It is Ask Farnoosh. October 9th, 2020. And we're dedicating this entire episode to answering the questions that you have been sending in about purchasing or leasing a new car. We're doing a deep dive on all things auto because really a lot of us are shopping for a new set of wheels these days, right? Sales of new vehicles are a big time. I think that's partly thanks to low interest rates. There's also rising demand from those of us who want an alternative to busing around and trains and taxis. And we just want the freedom to get around. So given this trend, I thought it'd be helpful to dedicate an entire Friday show to providing advice and strategies for securing a great auto deal in this market. I'm actually looking right now, maybe leasing another car. I've recently partnered with Capital One and I'm excited to soon bring on Dave Kong, who is the CMO of Capital One's Consumer Auto Finance. He's got a ton of insights. But before we get to answering your questions, let's recap the week's episodes. Okay. So if you missed this week's episode on Monday, we had Chris Browning, who's the podcast host of Popcorn Finance. He's also the co-host of another podcast called This Is Awkward, which deals with all the awkward money situations we might find ourselves in. And Chris is fantastic. Popcorn Finance, if you're new to this, is a very condensed money podcast. I think Chris says, you know, the episodes are about as long as it takes to microwave a bag of popcorn. A little bit longer than that, but uh, he does a really fantastic job of crystallizing big issues into bite-sized financial information. And one of the things that he expressed on the podcast, which was sort of a surprise, and he was even not prepared for it, but you know, asking him about relocating in the pandemic. A lot of us are moving for various reasons, whether it's to be closer to family, we want a bigger house, we want to be closer to parks. And he said, you know, as a black man, as a black individual, while he does have financial freedom, where he and his wife choose to live is not so simple. He lives in Los Angeles right now. And He said, quite honestly, they have to really think about if they move, would they be safe in the new town, in the new city? Would they know anybody? Would they be welcomed? These are real considerations that people of color and also since the episode aired, we've had people in the LGBTQ community reaching out and saying, yeah, I relate to that a lot. And uh, it was just a moment of pause and reflection for me. I so appreciated him sharing that. And um, I think it's, once again, something you don't always think about. And you think about your privileges, your freedoms. And for some people, you know, it's not such a straight path. It's not so obvious what they can or can't do. So that was Chris Browning on Monday. And on Wednesday, we had Dr. Hans Boateng, who is the investing tutor helping us break down the stock market. Because if you're looking at the stock market and going, how is it that things have been relatively rosy compared to the economy? He talks about that and why they're so different. And also how to pick 
some winning stocks. You know, we don't talk about individual stock picking on this show. It's not something that I promote. But if you are in that camp of having already squared away your retirement plan, you're investing for your future in diversified funds, low cost ETFs and index funds. And now you want to play, I'm using air quotes, play in the market. He's got a strategy, a five question strategy for identifying winning stocks. So I encourage you to go back and listen to Chris and Hans. And let's go to the mailbag and pick our reviewer of the week. This person will receive a free 15-minute money session with me. I'm going to go back in time to the summer. There was a review on August 6th where it says it's my go-to podcast. Jafufi says, Farnoosh's podcast consistently has compelling conversations that stay on topic. Lots of fun banter, but they stick to the good stuff through the episode, something I really appreciate. That makes it a valuable listen Every time with no need to skip ahead. Thanks, Farnoosh, for sharing helpful insights every single time. So Jafufi from August 6th, calling this my go-to podcast. Reach out, Farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. Let me know you left the review and I'll follow up with a link where you can schedule a free call with me. You can also direct message me on Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, were you on Instagram this week following me, seeing what I was up to? Uh, I was on the Today Show on Wednesday. I was invited to join Hoda and Jenna at the 10 o'clock hour and talk about how to refresh your finances this fall. I'll give you one of the tips and then hopefully you'll go and watch the full video, the full clip. And also there's a big article I wrote about this at nextadvisor.com. But one of the things that, we have done as a family, and I encourage everybody to do this because it's the end of the year. We want to finish on a positive note. This year has been so chaotic, so uncertain. A lot of our financial goals have gone on the back burner. Is to do this very simple exercise of reflecting on how your spending patterns have changed since March. There's so many things that we're no longer spending on out of necessity because we just can't, right? We're not spending money on restaurants as much and travel and clothing. We're cooking a ton. I'm doing DIY projects around the house, things that I would normally outsource. I'm dyeing my own hair. I'm cutting my son's hair. I'm learning a lot about myself and what I truly value, what I'm good at that I thought I wasn't, and what I actually am having fun doing, like cooking, which I thought would have been dreadful. I'm actually enjoying the ritual. So knowing this, you know, and it took a bit of reflection, I'm thinking, okay, how can I apply this now into a new budget going forward. I'm going to reset my budget to make some of these changes continuous, right? These aren't just temporary things that I'm doing in a pandemic, but maybe things that I'll do forever or for more than before. And so taking this, the food example, we're saving $100 a week on food because we're not eating out as much as we used to. We're shopping a lot more at the grocery store, but that's still a lot less than meals out. So that $100 a week is now going to go into a travel fund. I have a lot of pent up desire to go on a big trip in 2021, God willing. So that's how I'm refreshing my budget. And this is something we can all do, some weekend homework for you, but go back and check out the whole clip. It's on my Instagram and the articles on nextadvisor.com. As my son's principal told us all at virtual parent night, this may not be the best year, but it can still be a good one. It can still be one for growth and positivity. So I apply that to our financial lives and here we are. 
All right, let's talk all things auto. We've collected your questions on the Instagram, as many of them as we can answer in this episode, we shall. And joining me because, you know, I've bought a few cars in my day, but uh, I am not the absolute expert on all things cars. So I wanted to bring on one of our partners, Dave Kong, who is the marketing and credit lead for consumer auto finance at Capital One. They've got some incredible resources for prospective car buyers out there, which which we're going to share and also answering your money questions. Dave, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Farnoosh. So you know better than me, but I, I feel like car buying is having an absolute moment right now, right? Consumers are buying cars left and right. You see New Yorkers who were mostly just, you know, subway riders for their entire lives, buying cars for the first time for all sorts of reasons. People want the escape. People want to have the freedom and the functionality of navigating this new normal. And with that comes a new vehicle purchase. Um, are you? What kinds of trends are you seeing behind the scenes? Well, you touched on a lot of that. You know, it's been really interesting in this age of COVID and a pandemic where the winners and losers have shaken out. You know, I wouldn't want to right now own a formal wear store, but investing in sweatpants and Lululemon would be a better idea, it seems like. And interestingly, you know, the age of the pandemic has really made the mode of transportation something that people have been looking for a lot more personal space in. So yes, we are seeing a lot of folks who traditionally were taking public transport to get to work uh, mm -hmm. now looking to actually have their own car. Some families that had one car are now becoming two car households and and the like. Right. Uh, at the same time, a lot of manufacturers have been looking to move metal off of their lots and offering some incredible incentives to folks with the right kind of credit and financial background to come and get a car at really good rates. Yeah, we did a previous episode on a Friday, all things credit. And this is one reason why, you know, if you want to buy a car, you know, right now car buying is so popular, you will be more in the quote unquote driver's seat of that negotiation if you've got the good credit. We'll get more into the sort of the, the financials, but I think what's also interesting is that so much, of course, has shifted to virtual in the pandemic. And car buying traditionally has been the sort of thing where you go to the dealership, you spend four hours there, and that's changing. And I think uh, that might even change for good as more and more people navigate to the web for resources, for research, and even purchasing the car. Yeah, it's really an interesting moment right now because we've been looking at how every other mode of important purchases has been moving online. One example is Wayfair. Like, Who would have imagined that somebody would buy a whole couch or a coffee table online before even seeing it. Like everybody pictured they need to see it in a showroom. And when it comes to buying a car, it still is that. Like people definitely want to walk into a dealership, interact with the car, kick the tires, take it for a test drive, and talk with a person who might be a person that they end up having a relationship with over the course of their ownership experience with the car because they're going to bring it in for service and the like. And, and they like to have a relationship with their dealer. But there's a lot more research happening online and upfront. And I think COVID has really exacerbated and accelerated that trend. I'm not sure if it'll last for good, but we have seen a tremendous shift in terms of people wanting to make sure they're getting as much homework and preparation done online ahead of time before they walk into the dealership. That's something that we've been working on really being relevant for at Capital One. Well, I'm here for it. You know, I'm a big real estate fan. I love looking at real estate, even though I just bought a house, I continue to look. And I think the internet... And all these different apps has made it so I can 
indulge myself in in this pastime Mm -hmm. and this hobby, so to speak. And that is something that, again, like there was a moment when that happened and that was, you know, in in recent history where the technology really kind of took over that landscape. And I see similar trends with auto and, and talk a little bit about uh, auto navigator because to me this is sort of like I, I it's sort of like the Zillow app for homes or any you know plug in any real estate app but it's it, it has that sort of user friendliness and also the robustness where you can learn a, a ton about the home you want to buy and the other homes in the neighborhood um, in this case cars uh, to to help make that process like you were just talking about all that more engaging and easy. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, what had started out as a thing that we had been building as a bank was to enable our consumers to pre-qualify, see what kind of financing they could get, and just be prepared to walk into the dealership and say, hey, Capital One has given me a pre-qualification. So, you know, a lot of my credit checks out. But that has grown into, actually, let's deliver a relevant online car buying experience where Farnoosh or anybody who wants can go to our website uh, or download our mobile app. Um, enter a few personal details, pre-qualify with no impact to your credit score. And then from that point, take a look at, you know, three to 4 million cars in inventory at over 13,000 dealers across the the country that we have partnerships with. And from the comfort of your own home, um, browse through cars and see exactly what your personalized rate and monthly payment would be on each of those cars. Uh, and then, you know, if you want, and, and we, you need to upload some paperwork and, um, tell us your pay stubs and, and, and proof of income and various other things, you can take care of all of that stuff up front before you walk into the dealership. What I love about this app is that one of the things is that, you know, it gives you confidence where I think, you know, as a woman, I personally wouldn't put car buying at the top of my most confident things <laughs> that I do in my life. Uh, you know, I usually like to go in with another person, maybe my husband or, you know, my brother who's a big car fan. And I feel like with the app, that's sort of like that silent friend, you know, that you take in, but you can take that friend now into the car dealer and you can also educate yourself a lot more than you normally um, as easily. And so, yeah, I think it's a big confidence booster, which will help you, I think also in the negotiation process when that, when it comes to that. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that what you just described is something that's unique to, uh, to being a woman. I mean, like uh, a year and a half ago, I bought uh, my first car and uh, I was really nervous and kind of clueless going in through the process. Uh, I gave Auto Navigator a, a test spin and pre-qualified and it really made me that much more informed before I walked into the dealership and had a conversation with them and just... I didn't even have to mention that I was pre-qualified or that I had used uh, Auto Navigator or that I worked for Capital One. Uh, I just kind of knew in the back of my uh, of my mind that there was this sort of backstop uh, and, a, and a starting point, and the dealer couldn't push me further than that. And uh, it really enabled a much more constructive and a much more efficient conversation uh, as I negotiated for the car. Awesome. Well. I'm happy that worked out for you. What, what did you end up buying, if I may ask? <laughs> uh, I bought my wife a Mazda CX-5. Nice. Uh, we have a Volvo uh, SUV and we love it. Uh, we, th- we thought moving to New Jersey from, from the city to the suburbs would require a second car, but then the pandemic happened and we weren't really going many places. But we are definitely happy we have the, the one car. But the second car is probably going to be a 2021 purchase. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope everything moves in that direction. Let's help out some listeners. I have 
many people in the audience who either for the first time or for another, you know, second, third time buying a car, this is their moment to do it. They're not sure how to navigate. Many people, many people wrote in wanting to know when does it make sense to lease versus buy? Now, can I just share my sentiment on this? You know, the traditional advice always from the personal finance industry is that it's better to buy. Why? Because in the long run, you might end up spending less money. The idea is like you buy a car, it's a depreciating asset, just drive it into the ground. Uh, you know, this is assuming that the car will last, that it does have low, relatively low, you know, carrying costs, maintenance, insurance. But I think in this economy, it's presenting a unique opportunity for people to lease, people who wouldn't have otherwise, because maybe they want to stay more liquid uh, from a cash perspective. They don't want to put all their money into a car. Uh, they want to maybe, you know, have that monthly payment to keep it a little bit less strenuous on their finances. Or, you know, they're not driving around that much. So the wear and tear on the car wouldn't be a lot. And so they would be able to keep the lease the least vehicle in in relatively good condition. Are you? I do. Would you agree to that? I think there's probably more opportunity now to kind of break those rules. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a decision that doesn't have an absolute black and white answer, and it's very unique to whatever your personal circumstances are. Right? Like going back to the home ownership example, should you be renting or should you be owning right now? Uh, I think it really is dependent on what your life circumstances are and what you're really prioritizing in that moment. There are pros and cons to both buying and leasing. And it's essential to examine some of the practical matters, but there are also some personal factors too. You know, how long do you expect to keep the car? How many miles do you drive in a year and how much can you afford to pay per month? Do you want the latest technology? Do you like doing minor repairs by yourself? So taking a little bit of self-reflection uh, along with an honest assessment of your budget can help steer you in the right direction. Yeah, speaking personally, as we think about the next car we want to get, the second car, we are kind of considering a lease. This would not be the car that any of my children would be allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That would be the Volvo where there's Cheerios on the ground and you know, I would never want anyone to look into that car. But the lease one, I think is an opportunity if it is that second car to be something maybe a little bit more exciting, if, mm -hmm. I can, if I can say exciting, or, you know, just one that, again, isn't going to be your go-to. It's maybe the card that you use once in a while, but it's there as a backup. And I think for us, we're seriously considering that. So again, not something that I would have ever thought the Tarabi Dusinger household would be looking into as a, you know, given my industry's expert advice, but here we are. The next question we have, also a popular question. One of my friends actually asked this question too. I know who you are. Mohit uh, in Jersey City asks, should I buy used or new? This is also a personal finance question. It's, it's interesting, right? Because traditionally, again, we used to say buy I would say buy certified used because you would get a nice discount there. You would get the manufacturer's warranty and a lot of certified used vehicles. They're in great condition and you know, you're know you not really getting much of a different car than uh, the new car, but saving a ton and, and then getting the warranty. And then it is a depreciating asset. So there's that as well. But I wonder if there are more deals for new cars right now because the demand for used cars we know has spiked. There was actually an article in the New York Times, Dave, that said in the summer, uh, in June, franchise car dealers sold over a million used cars and trucks. That's up 22% from a year ago. And so just the economics might work out in favor of buying a 
a new car. Do you think that there's more negotiation to be had with a new vehicle right now? That's really hard to say. And I think it depends on where you live and what specific car you're looking at. You know, as different manufacturers have faced uh, different circumstances related to COVID, there could be some great deals to be had on new cars. Um, Mm -hmm. There could also be some great deals to be had on used cars. I know that's not the most satisfying of answers, but Mm -hmm. it really just boils down to how dependent on the individual and and whatever their circumstance is as you make a decision. I think you're absolutely right. And it also, as I'm thinking about this, it matters what car you're looking at. Because my brother, again, I bring him up a lot when I talk about cars because he's such a car ha- uh, nerd. He actually bought a car in the pandemic, but he was at one point looking at the Jeep Grand Cherokee. And I don't know, maybe it was just our territory, our area, New York, New Jersey, you could not keep a a Jeep Grand Cherokee on the lot. Like they were flying off Mm -hmm. uh, the the car lots so much so that he would find something online, go and it would be gone. Or they'd go and say somebody just like an hour ago, put a price on it. So it was, and these were all used. So it was the sort of thing where maybe he would have done better getting a new car in that situation. But I think it does matter, like to your point, um, where you are, but also what are you looking at? Yeah. And one of the things that we really wanted to make sure we did whenever we built the Auto Navigator product for Capital One was to enable consumers to see both, right? So you want to give them, make a model that you're interested in, like a Jeep Grand Grand Cherokee and see uh, how many models are available within 50 miles of where you live. we will we'll provide you you know the the rate and monthly payment on both the new and used alike and just that link for everybody it's capitalone.com slash cars there you're going to get access to the auto navigator and also so much more content articles talking about you know how to finance your car and how to negotiate for the best price and more on you know should i buy or lease Cherish in our audience, Dave, wants to know, what is the minimum percentage that I should put down when financing a car? Maybe the way to answer that is to to first start with, is there a minimum that dealers typically or banks typically require? Like with homes, I know that banks, uh, it's a range, but now in this competitive market, you might want to put down 20% in the New York area, at least, or the New Jersey area. Is there a minimum like that in the auto industry? So in the auto industry, there's not a specific minimum for buying a car the way that there might be whenever you buy a house. It really is dependent on the circumstances of the individual who's um, applying for credit. Uh, and we look at that versus you know the economics of the uh uh, of the of the deal that's getting put together with the dealer, uh, and then suggest minimum payments. Um, traditionally, experts suggest that you put twenty percent down whenever you buy a car. Uh, but you know, according to Edmonds, the average amount that is put down on a car is closer to twelve percent. Uh, I will say, putting money down on a vehicle has plenty of advantages. The larger your down payment, the lower your monthly payment is going to be. And you may, in the process of putting a bigger down payment, get a better interest rate as well. But again, like we're in a time when people may be living in more of a cash is king environment and uh, may, may want to make some trade-offs that, that feel appropriate. So it, it really is up to the individual circumstances. Yeah. And Cherish, I would just add to your uh, to that answer is that, you know, when you're thinking about how much of your budget should your car really come to, your financing, the industry recommendation is that you that you try to keep your monthly auto payment plus insurance plus um, maintenance to no more than 15% of your overall 
budget. I'd like to see that more like 10% in this environment. We don't want to be taking up too much of our budget uh, because you're not really using your car. And if, by the way, if you're not using your car a lot right now, you should be renegotiating your insurance. Some insurance companies have just automatically reduced uh, rates for for their policyholders. But if you're not in that camp, definitely call and ask for a break because if you're not going to work every day and driving your car as many miles, it's uh, it should work to your benefit when it comes to insurance. What about negotiating right now, Dave? Because we're maybe spending less time in the dealership where a lot of the negotiating happens, what are some steps we can take maybe even before walking in to ensure that we are in the best position to get the best price? Yeah, Farnoosh, you hit the, uh, the nail on the head. It's really all about doing your homework ahead of time. Any prep that you do before you enter negotiations is going to not only help your confidence, but help you save on price, on financing, on trade-in and warranty. That reminds me, you're not actually preparing for one negotiation. You're preparing for four, right? One, you want to get the vehicle you want at the price you want. Two, you want to find the right financing. Three, you want to get top value for your trade-in. And then you want to decide on extras such as an extended warranty. So check your credit score. If there are any errors on your report that they're fixed before you apply for financing. And you can check your credit score from a free source uh, such as CreditWise by Capital One. Uh, we always urge people to educate themselves on their options and finances before they embark on the process. And uh, getting pre-qualified for financing before you even walk into a dealership can be helpful and play a big role in increasing your confidence. As we've mentioned before on Capital One's Auto Navigator, you can pre-qualify with no impact to your credit score and, uh, and see your financing. Once you're at the dealership, you can let the dealer know you're already pre-qualified, but are willing to consider their financing options. And uh, the dealer will almost always try to find you a lower rate uh, because they work with a network of lenders for financing. And some may even uh, discount the car more to earn your financing. And then be prepared to fill out a credit application at the dealership itself. If you acquired a credit report earlier, bring it just in case there are any major discrepancies between your report and the dealer's. And the Carfax. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that commercial, I tell you, I don't know if it's just because everyone's buying a car right now, but I feel like my kids know that commercial now. My my son is six. He mentioned it the other day because I don't know if somehow we, we were talking about cars or what. I don't know how it, the conversation got there, but they're everywhere. Yeah. Car buying is definitely having a moment and we really appreciate your advice. And this tool, Auto Navigator, I mean, seriously, Everybody check it out. CapitalOne.com slash cars is also an accompanying mobile app. It's, can I say it's fun? I don't know. I'm such a nerd. I love to see what's going to happen if like, I don't know, I put down a bigger down payment or my credit score improves and I get a better interest rate. There's a lot of ways to sort of manipulate the calculator to arrive at the best, most appropriate payment for yourself. And and hopefully we can all get that car of our dreams this year or early next. Hopefully. <laughs> Dave Kong, thank you so much. And everybody, all of this information is at somanypodcast.com as well. If you missed any of it, the transcript is there. We've got all these questions answered there as well, as well as the links that we referenced. Dave, thank you so much. Be well. Thanks for having me, Farnish. <laughs> 